Hi everyone. Hello. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Chaos. Yeah, I've got tea. You've got tea, I've got honey. No one has coffee. No one has <laughs> As usual. coffee. I think it's one of those that it's, for me, New Year's resolution was yeah. very much try and be a bit more healthier. And that has turned into green tea instead yeah. of coffee. Which it, it will happen. We will have coffee on, on Coffee with Chaos at some point. 100%, just not in the first two weeks of January. Maybe that's seems... the chaos that we don't we actively aren't having coffee oh that, that feels odd because i know there will people be people out there going where is your coffee how do you have your coffee what is the kind of coffee what is your preference have you got an aeropress have you got this but no no, no coffee no coffee but uh we are chaos cards that's where the, the chaos comes from johnny amy here for chaos cards and uh we're just here to talk about some board games and stuff for another week yeah i think <laughs> it's kind of an interesting thing you might have seen us streaming you might have seen some videos often you get told that you've been following people around the internet through advertising oh, as through well advertising, not... yeah no not actually going around the internet <laughs> but i think it's one of those that if you haven't heard of chaos cards before we sell tabletop games we do tabletop games board games mini games trading card games paints uh so many different things a variety of things and uh you know we're always talking about new releases and different things like that this week we've got a load of accessories for games coming out yeah a load of lego come in as well the lego is very exciting very exciting stuff a load of sonic star wars disney marvel endless amounts of lego so in. much and the kind of just more creative stuff as well mm -hmm. just plain bricks just which, bricks just bricks use your imagination yeah you can build anything and i think that's one of the great things with lego is that we are seeing a lot more diversity in the types of designs as well we've got those flowers that mm -hmm. will be coming out very they nice. look very nice as well bouquet of uh, red roses yep. if you're thinking of valentine's day already why not um, or just general life. They're very, very pretty. We've got the, um, I've forgotten what that one was called, but the bouquet that we assembled for like Mother's Day. I think it was just and a bouquet of flowers. Just yeah. just spring, spring <laughs> ones. Um, so that's going to be really exciting, as well as some Duplo as well for people who aren't allowed to have teeny tiny Lego bricks. Mm -hmm. But Lego, Lego is quite an accessible uh, uh, product. You know, a lot of us played it when we were younger, played it, built but, stuff when we were younger. Well, that's what <laughs> we played with you, it as well. You play Lego. Yeah. You can do all sorts. <laughs> you can create scenarios or you can live out your architect dream and build some huge mansion or just destroy stuff. Absolutely. But then uh, obviously we've got a load of other tabletop games and, and products as well. That kind of led us into thinking about the kind of I guess how easy it is to get into board games as a whole because there are the most popular board games which is the people in the board game space who are ranking these popularities yeah. and we talked about it on a podcast ages ago now about the shift and who was number one of the board game geek top hot board games and I think <laughs> that's one of the things that if you're new to any hobby you look at what's popular yeah. and you try and figure out actually, maybe I should be getting this. Maybe I'm looking at the latest painting techniques. Mm. What am I, what are people buying? And actually looking through, and this is with no shade to throw <laughs> to the lists or anything like that. I didn't know how many I would take round to a friend's house and say, this is what board gaming is about. Cause yeah. most people go, oh, you mean Monopoly or Scrabble <laughs> yeah, or things like that. And we're not talking about those games. Obviously, they are entry point games. And we've Absolutely. got the 
smallest version of We've got Monopoly. the world's smallest Monopoly. Yeah. Uh, Connect Four, which is quite interesting. Uh, the really interesting one was the world's smallest operation, which oh, sounds terrifying. See, I saw Kaplunk <laughs> oh, yeah. and I instantly went... Imagine how tiny the, the, the kind of balls are. Is it the sticks? Well, it's it's the sticks and then you have the like... Well, yeah, but I've never thought about how tiny a marble mm. can be. I just I always thought marbles were standard size and then you get giant ones. Yeah, don't have little children around when you're playing that. No. Um, um, <laughs> but like Uno as well. Yeah. All of these are what I would deem classic games. Yeah. They're, they're not anything that you kind of go, okay, I've got to spend hours explaining the rules. Mm -hmm. I mean, people have house rules. for yeah. Especially Uno. Uno, Monopoly, yeah. all of those where it's like, this is what we're, we're doing. Get the Scrabble dictionary out. And I think, well, just the standard dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got a, a bespoke Scrabble one or any. Is there a Scrabble dictionary? I think so. <gasps> yeah. Whoa. Specifically for Scrabble, the uh, board game. Yeah, I guess they might have the scores on it as well, which they do. Yeah. Well, actually, no, because depending on where you put them in, it'll be a different score. Of course. Yeah. Oh, when was the last time you played Scrabble? Triple word score. <laughs> All about that triple word score. Um, but... Yeah, we've got those games, which I feel like everybody knows. Yeah, they're, they're the kind of entry point games are the ones that you would have had. Well, I say you would have had. I mean, children growing up these days may have entirely different board games around the table. I don't know. And that's kind of one of the things we... Everybody's on their phones. Yep. There are a lot of apps. There's mm -hmm. things like that. But actually, when you're an adult or even a teenager mm -hmm. trying to figure out what games you want to play, we saw on Stranger Things, D&D. &D. Yep. There's a kind of a community of people who will move more towards role-playing games. Mm -hmm. And there are then games like Uno and things that are probably more party games, yeah. would you? Would yeah, you I'd say party games. Um, then you've got Scrabble. And if you're almost progressing from Scrabble, Answergrams, Bananagrams, yeah. all of those kind of games would be my logical next step. But if I'm thinking I'm going around to friends who have never played board games, what game am I taking? Mm. It's an interesting conundrum. I think when you look at the, the top board games, they're very board gamey board games. Yeah. As as someone who is a very board gamey board gamer who owns <laughs> a lot of these, like number one at the minute is Brass Birmingham. Mm. And I actually had, I, I thought about bringing it in for us to play on stream, but then I'm like, I've got a teacher and will it be interesting? Is it too dry? Is it, like, does it suit someone? Even who casually plays board games like yourself yeah. with party games and, and stuff like that. And so it's that kind of, Whenever you get into a new hobby, you're always looking at the top things in it anyway. And you're always looking at, well, I could get this, I could get this, and this is the best, so I might get this. And expansions versus standalones versus yeah. all of these things that you kind of have to figure out. I think the first game that I played as a friend was introducing me to board games was Carcassonne. Yeah. And so Carcassonne's a pretty easy one. It's a nice, uh, they call them gateway games, but it's a nice entry point into the the, the bigger world of board games. Yeah. A uh, step after Monopoly, because it's it's quite a nice one. You've got the the the, uh, the rules that are pretty pretty easy to get a hold of and you're scoring points. Yeah, and... There's you... no direct competitiveness either, which I think is great. No, depending who you play with, yeah. depends <laughs> on. And our friends had played Carcassonne a lot, yeah. so... They were really quick at making decisions and things. And there was me and my other half going, I don't understand <laughs> what we're doing. And now there's a river yeah. there. And how do we progress through this? Um, Cards Against Humanity yeah. was the only other game that we'd kind of played at that point. Um, and then we got double 
because it, it Carcassonne got too competitive and mm. we figured that Double was a much more um, calm game. Well. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. We played Star Wars Double yeah. and that was good. And then Zombicide was the next. That's a big leap. A big <laughs> jump. But we were playing Zombicide with players who were board gamers yeah. and they were like, well, this is probably the most entry level thing that we've got in our okay. collection, which wow. is that moment where you go, oh, yeah, this is this is a proper hobby. Yeah. And I think party games are really unsung in that kind of kind of way, because I think they are that bridge between the, the monopolies and to the kind of heavier board games. There's a whole space there where party games where something around like Cards Against Humanity or even any of the format games games. Eggslam yes. is a great one. Antigrams, like you said beforehand, um, and Dobble as well. Yep. They all kind of fit this space, which are games that I think anyone could take anywhere you do have to explain the rules it's a bit more than uno but it's yeah. along those kind of lines where it's enough to to retain and get a few plays in uh, but also have fun but then you've got that step of of board games where i think carcassonne would probably yeah. reside carcassonne i put pandemic there yeah pandemic well. definitely uh ticket to ride ticket to ride another one as another one as well where there is a, a, a little bit more rules. It is a board game with a board. And you can apply strategy yes. to it. It's not just luck of the draw. Yeah, and you can play it multiple times as well. And Pandemic especially, because it is a cooperative game yeah. uh, where you're working together, I think is really handy in bringing other people into the game too. But I think there is, there's definitely, I mean, Pandemic Legacy Season 1, I think, is the, is the number two game on the Board Game Geek. Which, even just a legacy game, is quite a difficult concept to to explain it's it's not a difficult concept to explain but for me as somebody who never wrote in books no. or anything like that a legacy game where you destroy something as part of the gameplay yeah messed with my head so much yeah so a legacy game is where you're writing on things you potentially destroy things and you know pandemic legacy season one and gloomhaven and gloomhaven jaws of the lion as well all in that kind of top five area of board games are legacy games Maybe that's a recency bias, I don't know. Mm. But it, they're long games that will last you many, many hours where you'll be destroying the products that you've bought as well, which, you know, for someone casual who's outside this, it's like, I've got to rip up my Monopoly board after I play with it. It's and kinda... you can't play it again. No, you can't play it again. It's a one-time, well, one-time throughout the campaign deal. And I think it's one of those when you go, okay, I'm spending 40, 50 quid on mm. a game and then I can only play it once. Yeah. Initially, it is a bit kind of that. Why would you do that? I don't spend 40 pound, 50 pound on a computer game. Exactly, a video game, yeah. To yeah, then like... die and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Done. No. Never, never to be picked up again. I mean, there are questions of whether you would just do that with arcades and things like that, but it seems quite surreal a concept until you start looking more into the games exactly. that are out there. Exactly. Um, because you can just play normal Pandemic. Mm -hmm. You don't have to play Legacy. But mm -hmm. Legacy is for people who are looking for something different. Mm. But I think as we, we as we get on and on, we're getting more kind of um, games that are more easily accessible for people that are casual or uh, aren't super into the board game space. Wingspan yes. was a massive hit in... All, all everywhere everywhere and it is such a beautiful <laughs> game as well we played wingspan asia yep. that was really really nice as well it felt like a smaller game than wingspan it probably wasn't it is. oh it, it is. is it's got less um, birds i think less birds but that 
was a kind of standalone you yep. can incorporate it into main wingspan yep. is that right yeah, yeah absolutely um but it was beautiful and i know so many people admire board games for the artwork absolutely and it's a really nice way to get people interested to go actually you're like birds <laughs> i got a board game stick with it and we'll go through the rules there's a little bit of complexity but mm -hmm. it's not too much that if you were playing it as an after dinner game or something yeah. you could still get people interested and not going oh do we have to look at the rule book again because i think that level up from from carcassonne catan it sits wingspan but i think anything up up above from there you're getting things with lots of cards where every card is different and stuff like that and that that's kind of in the, the trading card game space as well where yeah. it's very similar to that but i think for for a lot of people that that is like a i've got to read this card i've got to read this card i've got five birds in my hand that will do different things yes you know and that's a that's a complexity level but i think once you once you get there and you get a few games in you realize it doesn't really matter just just, just read you just do it but <laughs> it is the the familiarity of it and i think it can be compared to video games where you got your mario kart yep you're just driving around in a circle or whatever mm. and then you've got things like overcooked you've got games where you're cooperative you're working together but there is peril there are things to yeah. be unexpected and when you're looking at playing super mario versus mario kart versus mario party and things if you're looking at board games in that way you've got your uno yeah. you've got um i was about to say uno revenge no mercy no mercy <laughs> um and those kind of bits you can take those principles but it's ultimately knowing who you're playing with. Of course. But I think Mario Kart is actually a really good example because I, I played the DS and the Wii version. I never played anything uh, after that. But I ended up playing Mario Kart 8 over the weekend, actually. Nice. And they add some more things. There's more things going on. But I think there was a, a, a complexity level that I wasn't aware of there past it where I have to customise my cart. Yes. And I'm like... Playing those other games, I didn't have to do that. I'm not that fussed. I'll just play whatever. You know, Bowser comes with his own car. I don't, yeah. I don't need to. But then it's like there's three different things that I need to customize. I'm like, but what? What do I need better? I don't. I don't know. I've never done this before. And so that's the complexity level that you think you're getting there when you're adding new cards into the game and your cards are changing all the time. But with Wingspan, it's it was a great game. It attracted many people from from casual fans to, to people who were in the the board gaming space already. And you had the fan art pack. Yeah, the fan out. art pack that came out was pretty great as well. Gorgeous, gorgeous pack. And now recently we got Wormspan, W Y R M. Span. I was going to say the spelling <laughs> is going to be important for this as well, particularly as we are a podcast. Yes, of course. Um, but we got Wormspan, which was announced recently, which is dragons similar to wingspan but different enough from from the things that i've seen yeah. for some people maybe not for others um but there's some very interesting things that it's a standalone game as well so if birds w weren't interesting for you which some board gamers they probably they might not be no, i i do understand this i i feel like we've spoken about reskinning games mm. in the past so there's loads of different versions of monopoly there's loads yep. of different versions of labyrinth as well but Wormspan needs to be different enough because Wingspan isn't a monopoly. No. It isn't something that we know really well. So what dynamics are going to come into play? The fact that, and I hate to break it to you, you <laughs> listeners and watchers, uh, dragons aren't real, but birds are real. Yeah. 
in, unless you believe that conspiracy that all, all birds, <laughs> all birds were dragons. Yeah. <laughs> or that they're secretly all controlled by the government and yeah, there's a whole thing. Um, but birds are real, so we know what they they look like. Yeah. We've got that, we've got the visual representations, we've got the fan art packs, we've got Wingspan Asia and mm. things. I don't know how I feel about dragons because they're not real and it's really hard for me to kind of attach wingspan which is the real world mm. to wormspan which is dragons well there's a lot of fantasy in board games as well um but as uh, what i found as when i was coming in a surprising amount of history in board games too like uh, obviously a lot of war stuff is re uh, reinterpreted in board games too but tons of different history i've been going through the pythagoras games which is loads of history about portugal that i have no idea about and it's it sounds quite silly to say but you can learn so much from board games whether that is strategy whether that is the kind of history like you say it's you played Scum of the Earth. Yeah, uh, 1815, Scum of the Earth. And that goes through the battle, but you can you can change what happens mm -hmm. with the outcome of that. And it's kind of that immersive opportunity for it. When people say about miniatures games, yeah. actually when you watch a lot of the war strategy and things like that, it's moving your little figures and yeah. pushing them with the wooden stick thing that I don't know the name of. So that kind of developed into miniatures games and where you play those strategies you battle your armies you've got your war hammers and things but yeah i don't i don't know i think it's just because wingspan felt so kind of self-contained yep. it was about birds mm -hmm. real birds you can find they're out there you can google it you're not going to be <laughs> messed up with some fact that isn't right for it that dragons just feels like a jump in completely the opposite direction. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, what is uh, what you said about miniatures games? And I think that resides. We've got if we've got a wingspan level. Yeah. If there were a level of similar games, which I think a lot of TCGs reside in as well. I think mini games are probably a step above that. Yeah. I would say because you've got not only got potentially cards or a book which you have to keep opening and moving the pages yeah. for. Um, but you've also got sometimes uh, t 10 to 50 minis on a board that all move and that can move mostly freely to yeah. wherever you want to put. Yeah. And so I think that's an, an additional step, which a lot of Warhammer, and some, some people will have grown up with Warhammer as well and stuff like that. Um, Marvel Crisis Protocol, Star Wars Legion, um, and a lot of those games would, would put there. Um, but I think there is a kind of almost a division with board games when we move from Wingspan into miniatures games because you've got your games workshop, mm -hmm. but then you've got things like Betrayal, mm -hmm. which has minis, but is that a that's more it, of a it, board it, game? It is a board game. I, I for me personally, for yeah. me personally, I I say I would say a miniatures game is anything that is um kind of like a like a versus i've got yeah. an army you've got an army type deal that's that's what i would class it as whether that's that's true and or not, i don't know but. i think it's one of those as we we've been saying as you get more into the hobby the category of board games yeah. is actually pretty huge oh yeah and then you get into the specific interests and like we say games workshop warhammer 
been around a while. Mm. Most people know about it. But if you're looking at the verses, you've got Blood Bowl, you've got Warhammer 40k, you've got all of these things. So I wouldn't say that's an entry point, no. but there are starter sets for it. Yeah, and I think there's starter starter sets starter sets and starter games, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I think it's the the Warhammer. I can't remember what it's called now because they they always change the name. But it's, there was Shadespire and stuff like that where it was a mat um, and hex based, yeah. which I think is perfectly good. Um, they do the Middle Earth strategy battle game board game kind of packs. Yeah. So they've got Battle for Balance Tomb, which we saw in the film, uh, which Games Workshop do, which is another great one. I think I can't I can't remember if that's a square based grid or not. But uh, there's also the D and D. Um, yeah. kind of board games as well which are also on a square based grid which then brings us into role playing games which I think role playing games can they're, they're kind of on a I don't know because they can be they can be decently easy depending on how lenient and how your DM is well you've got your one shots as they're, they're kind of called where you don't have to put in a lot of effort as a player no. as a person organising it oh yeah as the DM yeah You've got, you've got so much to consider, but there are really simple things that you can do with that. And you can pick your interest, which I think is quite good as well. So there are like my first role playing game yep. games. There's My Little Pony, there's Transformers. There's all kinds of interests and hobbies that if you've got someone that goes, actually, I don't want to play D&D. Yeah. I don't like the idea of this. You can go, okay, well, we don't have to go in dungeons and fight monsters let's have a look at call of cthulhu yeah. maybe that's your thing instead but it's it's really interesting when you sort of go actually if i was going to introduce somebody to role-playing games where would i start yeah and i think DD is an easy starting point because it is the most popular it's got the most support it's got the most out there and it's probably probably one of the easier systems to learn yeah. the starter sets are great for that especially um, but if you're just a player, you can put in a, a little bit of effort, but you don't have to delve in deep of, I need this feat to make my character the best yeah. at doing X. You know, you, you can put in as much effort, like a little bit, please, for your DM. But you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to put in tons of effort into delving no. into making your character the best it can be. Ideally, you're just there to kind of react and just be a part of the story, depending on the kind of game session that you're doing. But I think D&D &D and role-playing games in general are just... Uh, there's a whole load of difficulty there. Well, it feels like the choose-your-own-adventure books, which some people will be familiar with, where you're given a scenario and then you choose which page to turn to, mm. except instead of having a book, you're relying on your dungeon master for that. And it gives a lot of scope, flexibility. The rules aren't solid. <laughs> you, it depends on what you want to do. It's not like Monopoly where you do not pass go, you go yeah. straight to jail. You might discover that actually you're going to steal something. You're going to do this. Yeah. You're going to do that. You do whatever you want. Um, and it brings it into the kind of the video game space of free world versus yeah. you must go on this linear journey yeah. this is where you're you're going with that um but you just reminded me or a while ago about that versus chess 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 is a, a board game yeah, effectively yeah, and it's very simple it's you've got your two teams but it's one of the classic ones that you just go okay drafts chess all of those 
everybody knows it crib yeah i think that. they all lie in that kind of party game mold like a, a I, well maybe around the monopoly level um chess would be but obviously chess can go in depth you can figure out so many different plays of what you want to do i haven't figure that out but oh no i'm 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 not one of those people who can do three moves and then that (laughs) that's it but i remember growing up and playing simpsons chess for example where you're just it's still chess Mm -hmm. it's still that game but it's only two players Mm. so how do you scale that up i think there's quite a few of the facebook groups that i'm in for getting little people into board games as well so you mentioned Xlam. yeah really great sounds great it's such a straightforward game but there's no age on it we started off with lego and again i believe it's five five that's what the the, the, the box says the box does say five, <laughs> but it is one of those that i've i've tried to do double with my my little one and they sometimes just decide that they're not playing yeah. by the rules. I mentioned about cluster mm-hmm. on stream. The whole point of cluster is that you do not end up with any stones at the end of it. And my small human decided that they wanted to collect all the stones. Mm. So instead of putting the, I, I don't know whether stones is the correct terminology. I, I, yeah. um, but instead of it putting it as far away or trying to place it, they just went straight on top. And it's like, they're all my stones now. <laughs> it's like, oh, but... Most importantly, board games are about having fun. Absolutely. And I think sometimes it's it's difficult for us as board gamers or as uh, people within the, the, the kind of tabletop space to yeah. bring in new people and be like, I, I love Gloomhaven. I want you to enjoy it as well. So we're going to play it. Uh, but that other person may not have a good time because they've never played anything um, more than Exam. And I think you know? that's such an interesting thing because you have people who go... I love this musician. Yeah. Please listen to the entire album (laughs) and I will sit and I will watch you as we listen to it. But we often forget that the first time we will have enjoyed it will have been a single that we heard and then you progress onto the album. But because we get so excited about it, it's like, here, please be overwhelmed by this thing that I enjoy right now. And we forget to take that kind of step back. Yeah. with it um, and i think party games fit that mold I, I party games is a big kind of space yes i would put a lot of family games in there as well but i think they fit the mold of things that you could take to any night or, or any gathering of friends and family and just play with uh, two to five people and you will find that people go oh, i really enjoyed that but I wish I could do more of this. Mm. And that's when you can kind of turn around and go, okay, maybe next time we'll play this or we'll do that. And introduce people slowly to it. Don't just Gloomhaven on the first date. Well, yeah, please don't. (laughs) Don't ever Gloomhaven on the first date. That's that's too much. A, it's such a heavy box. It's not something. And there's a lot of stuff where you turn around and go, okay, what should I take round? And looking at the size of a box and going, no. Yeah. I can't I can't take that Absolutely. with me. It's just too intimidating. <laughs> it is it is it is. And I think um uh, uh, there's there's uh, obviously we talked about board game geek and brass birmingham's top game, but I think there's you know there's something to be said about party games. Have a look at them. There's a lot of different ones. The oint games that you know even though they're tiny and the tiny epic games as well, even though they're small boxes, they're they're a decent a little bit of board game in them. Some yeah. Of them. Well, like this one I've got in my hands, a fake artist goes to New York. Twenty minutes, five to ten people, eight plus, and it 
I can hold it in one hand. I cannot hold Gloomhaven in one hand. There is no way that is happening, but you can take these away on holiday. There's also that bit of um, games that don't depend on a language. Language, yeah, language dependent games, great. Uh, Hive. Hive is a good one. I mean, Xlam as well, Egg again. Xlam. Xlam is the center of the big gaming universe. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the Venn diagram, Xlam is the middle of it. Um, but yeah, Hive, I had loads of people tell me about how great Hive was and try and explain it as it's chess, but with bugs. And that confused me more than it should have. But really quick, really easy. Fits in a small bag, you can take it anywhere. You yeah. can play it on a train, you can play it at home. You don't have to have a board yeah. for it. So that frees it up as well. And I think there's quite a few games that are wallet sized that Absolutely. are trying to almost be travel ready. The button shy games are great for that. And even though they are wallet sized, you can still get a load of depth in it. Battlecrest, there's a ton of depth in it. That's essentially a war game between two different, well, in this case, like individuals. Mm. Um, but in a travel-sized wallet. But I think um, time is another factor that um, we're talking about when it comes to board games and stuff like that. Gloomhaven obviously takes hundreds of hours to do everything in, which <laughs> not everyone has for board games. I mean, Amy barely sat there for three and a half hours watching Fellowship of the Rings. So. That, was, that was a lot, <laughs> a lot. And I think that kind of, how much time do I have in my day? And when I think about taking a game round to a friend's house, we might do dinner. Yeah. We're probably looking at maybe three, four hours, depending on how much we tolerate each other before we go, no, actually, I want to <laughs> be on my own in my own home um, because, and I hope this doesn't offend people, inherently introverted mm -hmm. is a, a kind of myself and my friendship group that we turn around and go, okay, we want to do something, but I've already been at work. I've already dealt with a lot of things. Mm. I don't want to think exactly. too and much. I think thinking is, an, is another thing because often, and again, as someone who's in the space, I get home and I'm like, I don't want to sit down and play um, 11, the football manager board game. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to think about that for, for two or three hours. I would much prefer to just play at something I know well, something that's going to be over in about an hour, if not less than. So yeah, but... There's tons of games. There are tons of games and there is so much out there, but we're always here if you've got questions about games. I would say that I am very much in the casual space. So if you're looking for something that is quick, easy, I'm, I've played quite a few of those games, <laughs> but something a bit more in depth, you have quite the collection of Absolutely. board games. Absolutely. And you can, you can message us on socials, you can tag us in whatever, and we, we are more than happy to give recommendations because, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, that's what we're here for, I guess. Yeah, and <laughs> we have a very extensive collection within the warehouse Within the well. warehouse, yeah, and behind us and mm. everywhere. Everywhere, but thank you for, for listening. Yep. And we will see you next week. Have an amazing day. Bye. Bye.